0: Welcome to Rule of Law Talk, a podcast series of the World Justice Project, designed to bring you insights and learning from leading thinkers and doers working to advance the rule of law around the world. I'm Joe Haley, Mellon ACLS Public Fellow and Program Manager for WJP's Rule of Law Solutions Initiative. This month, the World Justice Project launched its campaign for the 2022 World Justice Challenge, a global competition to identify, recognize, and promote good practices, high-impact projects, and policies that protect and advance the rule of law. In honor of this event, we're catching up with past winners of the 2021 challenge, learning more about their efforts to strengthen the rule of law in the midst of a global pandemic. In this episode, we speak with Adullah an independent human rights organization and legal center based in Haifa, Israel. I'm joined by Dr. Hassan Jabarin, Adallah’s founder and general director. A noted scholar and lecturer on the legal status of Arab minorities in Israel, Dr. Jabarin founded Adallah in 1996 to advance the cause of human rights in general, and Arab-Palestinian rights in particular, within the Israeli legal system. Under his leadership, Adalah has represented Palestinians in many landmark cases before the Israeli Supreme Court, including cases that impact Palestinians' right to participate freely in electoral politics, their equal title to land and access to public resources, and the legal status of Arab-Israeli citizens and their immigrant family members who have been displaced by conflict. Proving the adage that minority rights are human rights, Adulla has sought accountability for rights abuses at the hands of police and security forces, as well as equal protection for citizens who have been incarcerated or who are accused of crimes. Their list of accomplishments includes academic publications on such topics as torture, forced displacement, and systemic discrimination within Israeli law, as well as successful advocacy campaigns designed to mobilize international institutions and spread awareness about real-time threats confronting ethnic minorities in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. Adalah was the 2021 challenge winner in the category of fundamental rights and non-discrimination. When we spoke earlier this year, political tensions within Israel had recently boiled over following the attempted eviction of Palestinian families living in an East Jerusalem neighborhood known as Sheikh Jarrah. Weeks of mass protest within Jerusalem were followed by a cross-border exchange of airstrikes and rocket fire, resulting in numerous injuries and deaths. One month later, Israelis of all stripes took to the polls in an historic election that ousted the government of Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longest-serving prime minister. Against this backdrop of tumultuous events, Dr. Jabirin struck a tone of cautious optimism regarding the progress of Arab equality within his country as Israel emerges from this latest round of political violence and the lingering effects of COVID-19. Dr. Hassan Jabarin, welcome to Rule of Law Talk, and congratulations on being selected one of the six winners of the 2021 World Justice Challenge. To start, could you say a few words about your background and your work defending Arab minority rights in Israel? I
1: am Hassan Jabarin. I am the general director of Adala. Uh, and I am a lawyer in Adala. Adala is the legal center for Arab minority rights in Israel. Um, and I am personally a uh, teacher in uh, law schools in uh, Israel. Uh, our organization deals mainly. With uh, discrimination against the Palestinian citizens of Israel, we also deal with some cases that have wide impact that refer to West Bank, Gaza, and East Jerusalem, meaning the incubate, Palestinian occupied territories. Uh, on uh, the discrimination that we dealt against the Palestinian citizens, it vary from <coughs> group right discrimination using Arabic language, cultural rights, education rights, uh, and also uh, budget allocation of budgets to local councils. Uh, Equally, we also deal with discrimination against uh, Arab women that they face because they are Arabs and they are women. During the COVID uh, era, immediately we started to deal Uh, with emergency regulations, the legality and illegality of using emergency regulations. The type of the cases that refer to COVID is different generally because it tackles the rights of all the citizens of Israel, not only the Palestinians, because the character of uh, this kind of emergency, This emergency different than any other emergency in the past. Usually the emergencies in the past, they target Palestinians as such on the name of national security. This uh, emergency uh, uh, target the bodies and uh, each body should be protected regardless to his or her color gender and nationality. The main project of Adalah is litigation before Israeli Supreme Court. So this is the main. So this is why we are a legal uh, center.
0: You recently brought a case before the Israeli Supreme Court regarding the threat to privacy posed by Israel's COVID-19 surveillance program. What are some of the challenges of public interest lawyering in light of this unprecedented health crisis?
1: Yeah, what we are doing. Uh, characterize uh, human rights lawyers in the world, or what we can call it public interest lawyers, or you can call it cause lawyers, that you work for a cause and try to use the law as means to promote uh, uh, the cause that you believe uh, on. And of course, this kind of work is not easy uh, because usually uh, you are not succeeding in all the cases. And many cases that won't be accepted, dismissed. And it creates, of course, by nature, frustration. So if you have a lot of failure like that, how the frustration cannot kill you. And What's the explanation that next day you come and another case and you try more like we have to know that human rights lawyering must have optimism like all the time when you work as a lawyer. You have to believe that you can make that you can succeed this part of human rights lawyer, you cannot be human rights lawyer when you are pessimistic about. uh, the success and failure. Second, in many cases that you lose, you can say justice was lost, not that you as a lawyer lost the case. And you will use the media and public activities locally and internationally to speak about the case, to explain for you the case wouldn't be dead by the fact, that the court dismisses you. The court dismiss you doesn't mean the end of conversation. It might, this decision of the court, continue uh, or open the window to continue the conversation. And here you have to use other tools in order to continue the conversation, to use the media, to do public activities, writing. it, and so and so on so human rights lawyering is matter of not the capacity only to write a petition to the court it's to argue it beautifully deeply and then to use other means like media and speak to the media and to use other social uh, interaction in order to raise your cause,
0: and to continue. Why is it important for Arab Palestinians to work within the Israeli court system, as distinct from the broader movement for political recognition?
1: We can see the law as part of the politics. All law is the continuation of politics. And as long as people are doing politics, they will continue to do law. And we saw it in many regimes. We saw it in South Africa during the apartheid. We saw it in U.S. during the slavery and during the segregation by blacks that they used them. We saw it in Northern Ireland before uh, the settlement. We saw it in many, many other states. And under, in fact, there was no colonial regime that the people, that are colonized people, didn't use the law. So, using the law is part of practicing the politics. Doesn't mean that you legitimize the system that it oppresses. When the black in the US fought against segregation, doesn't mean that they justified the segregation. When people use the law, during the apartheid against discrimination doesn't mean that they justify the apartheid. And here, we use the law, and at the same time, we say we are against Israel constitutional identity. We are against the occupation. And we are against defining Israel as a Jewish state. The problem in cause lawyering that you may really be agent to legitimize the system when you stop being critical about the law as a lawyer. If you succeed, you jump and celebrate your success and you send the message that the law is working and the legal system is a democracy. And when you fail, you don't do activity to criticize the law. By this act, really, you contribute to the oppression against the group that you uh, represent.
0: In recent months, there has been renewed controversy about the addition of discriminatory language to Israel's constitutional framework, known as the Basic Laws. What is the difference between a Basic Law and a written constitution? And how do Israel's Basic Laws shape the legal tools at your disposal?
1: Israel, as you say, doesn't have a complete written constitution, has basic laws, uh, about 13 basic laws. And the most important basic law, one that was enacted in 2018, which called the Jewish Nation State Law. And this define Israel constitutional identity. And it said that Israel is Jewish state, Israel, uh, the rights for self-determination in Israel, self-determination culturally, politically, religiously uh, for Jews only. And the Hebrew is the only official language. In fact, the language of the state. Arabic language has special status but not equal. And all the cultural rights are only recognized for the Jewish group and the state also must uh, promote and develop uh, Jewish uh, settlements and to judaize the land of the country. This basic law doesn't have equal rights, doesn't recognize equal rights. And in fact, no one of the Israeli basic law recognizes the right of equality. We can say easily that Israeli constitution, which constitute 13 basic laws, is the only constitution in the world that institutionally denies Right of equality. This is why Israel is the only state in the world that doesn't accept or acknowledge the concept that state should be state for all of its citizens. So here we are speaking about state that negates the right of equality, Negate principle. Yes, the court will say in civil. In civic matter, we are organizing our rights, civic matter, like budget and other. But in national matters, group rights, in this state for the Jewish people. But in fact, you cannot find, you cannot make a distinction between the two aspects, group rights and uh, civil rights in this regard. Because in fact, you said, you don't say that the Arabs or the Palestinian citizens are equal uh, citizens and by this uh the rhetoric won't deny the right of equal rights in civil but in fact because you emphasize all the time that this is state for jewish people you put the uh, palestinian citizen in the status of second citizenship this is why the court confirmed the law which banned. Palestinian family unification in Israel. In fact, Israel today is the only country in the world that bans family unification of its citizens based on national belonging. This is the only, country. and this is the only country in the world that allows immigration only based on national belonging, like here. American Jew can be citizen of Israel whenever he decides. But Palestinian, who originally from this country and marry Israeli citizen, Israeli Palestinian citizen, he cannot even have family unification to live together, not being a citizen. So the discrimination reaches their lowest level of being citizen. Like you are discriminated in Israel as Palestinian citizen in matter that should make you a citizen, like familification, naturalization. And of course, I am not opening also the subject of land. So Israeli constitution by itself is racist. This is why Human Rights Watch published lately a report uh, about Israel that Israel commit crime against apartheid and mentioning Israeli basic laws?
0: The World Justice Challenge is focused on practical solutions in difficult conditions. What concrete actions have you taken to address the needs of Israeli minorities, including such issues as demolition of homes, unemployment, or government surveillance?
1: As we say, the pandemic uh, allow us uh, to speak on the rights of citizens, not only the Arabs. Uh, like when you ask for testing, of course you ask for testing for the, the Palestinians who live in their villages because they don't have inf- health infrastructure. But it was clear that there is interest for the state because we are speaking about small country, small population, that if the Palestinian citizens won't take the testing, so this will affect all the citizens, the Jews. This aspect that the pandemic knows uh, no colors, no nationality, help us to bring cases before the court and in some of the cases even the court accept uh the arguments. For example, in the case of the surveillance was the decision that Israel intelligence institution start to follow the people and to know who uh, has the pandemic, who was affected and to ask whom to be in isolation So they have to follow your mobile to chase you. And this case, in fact, in regular emergencies in Israel, which always the Palestinians are the only victims in the name of security, we won't succeed. But here we succeeded, because also the judges themselves, they view themselves under surveillance. They view their sons and daughters under surveillance. So it was easy for us to speak on the name of all the citizens. And by this, speaking in the name of all of the citizens, allow the court to speak on the right of privacy and to protect. So the pandemic give us uh, a new opportunity to speak on the name of their own law for all.
0: The past year has been a time of significant political upheaval in Israel, including an historic change of government and violence stemming from a civil legal dispute over evictions in East Jerusalem. At the same time, Israel has a relatively high vaccination rate for COVID-19, So perhaps it is not too soon to begin thinking about post-pandemic challenges and opportunities. Looking ahead, what do you foresee regarding the struggle for minority rights and the rule of law?
1: Uh, Unfortunately, we have the war in Gaza. And immediately after the ceasefire, uh, a new government came and this new government changed that port and this government also blew for the first time an Arab group, Arab political party. So you may say this gives hope uh, that you have for the first time an Arab in the coalition. I hope that this gives hope, but As you say, this area is a zone war. It's a zone war. And as long as Israel continue with incubation and discrimination, doesn't matter the changes on the government uh, of course, sometimes the change uh, will affect uh, the rights or the oppression in its degrees. So, for example, if you have extreme right wing government, the degree of oppression in the Palestinian will be high. And you have other maybe it's lower. But in the end, this changes of the government doesn't change the institutional discrimination against the Palestinian citizens. Doesn't change the identity of the state as a Jewish state, as state for the Jewish people, not state for all of its citizens. This uh, change of the government doesn't change, doesn't end the incubation, doesn't end the siege doesn't end expanding the settlements in West Bank. Doesn't end the discrimination, racial discrimination and apartheid practices in East Jerusalem. So the changes, although could be a matter, could be important, but still those institutional practices of racial discrimination, apartheid and occupation. This government doesn't change and doesn't have any intention to change So, mm-hmm. this is how I see uh, the situation. And I appreciate that you give me the opportunity to refer to those issues that, that to reach this point of this government and the current situation.
0: The World Justice Project is a nonpartisan organization, and the challenge is designed to identify practical solutions for the rule of law irrespective of political contexts. But speaking personally, I do think it's valuable to hear your perspective on the broad challenge of political equity as it pertains to fundamental rights and legal protections against discrimination. I want to echo your thanks in closing. We appreciate you sharing your perspective with our listeners as well as your participation in the 2021 World Justice Challenge. Congratulations again on your winning entry in the category of Fundamental Rights and Non-Discrimination. And I look forward to following your legal advocacy on behalf of minority rights, as well as to seeing the exciting new entries we receive in 2022.
1: First, thank you for giving me this opportunity. And as I mentioned that lately we have the protest on the, Uh, that more than 2000 were arrested Palestinians and. uh, Many uh, more than 250 indictments were uh, submitted against Palestinians citizens of Israel, and of course. uh, This uh, ask from us a huge effort so. We will appreciate efforts like to give legal representations to every detainees, to make follow up about the cases, to report about the cases, and to write about them and to publish about them, to give representation before the courts, to submit reports to the public in three languages—Arabic, Hebrew, English—and to make international advocacy. So now we will be, we will, we will appreciate if uh, many or some that they can donate for our organization, individuals, uh, in based on the individual basis, in order to help us to recruit lawyers, to recruit more staff uh, to deal with this uh, current crisis that we. Uh, and they can enter our website and see uh, how to do it and really we will will appreciate that very much. And thanks also of course uh, the World Justice Project that choose our organization to be one of the awarded uh, organization and of course Uh, This uh, gives good opportunity to our organization that it's work to be known widely and to have opportunity like that uh, with you and with others through this uh, process of receiving this uh, award. So thank you for that.
0: And thank you for listening. Join us next time for a conversation with the Asociación para una Sociedad Mas Justa or ASJ Honduras who were our 2021 World Justice Challenge winners in the category of anti-corruption and open government.